Welcome to another episode of A Pastor and His People here. I am Pastor Dave Keen, and I'm here with uh, Trell Ross. Trell, how you doing? Doing pretty good, brother. The pastor of the forthcoming Pioneer Church. Exciting stuff, huh? <laughs> yeah, it was. It's been an exciting. Last weekend was an exciting weekend for Pioneer. With us having our first kind of public event, so in the throes of all the excitement. Amen, man. The, the prayer and praise. So you had, you had your first public uh, event. You uh, closed on a house. You moved. And your um, your friend, Pastor Dave Keene, said, hey, would you mind preaching as well? <laughs> this is a, just, a, just a normal week in the ministry, right? Right. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, just, you could very clearly see as you prepared, uh, you were prepared that this text really affected your own heart and soul before mm-hmm. you even got to the pulpit, which is always the, the best thing when the, when the Lord does that with us. So let's, I just kind of want to just walk through the text a little bit. Why did you choose this text to start with? Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly don't think I realized how applicable the text was. Like, I'd love to say, oh, I knew this text would apply greatly because of the current circumstance that we're all in. But I don't think I realized that until I was studying it more in depth and even more in the preaching moment. As I was kind of saying the things that I had written and prepared to say, I was like, wow, this is, it's affecting my heart as I say it aloud. And I can see in the faces of the people that it's affecting their heart too. So why did I pick it? Um, I don't, I like the song. Um, it's a song that I had preached some time before and basically just went back and wrote the sermon to be applicable to today. Um, but I honestly think it was just kind of of the Lord, like he knew that it would be timely. So... <laughs> It just let me to preach Psalm 42. Yeah, I mean, the, be- the beautiful thing about preaching is that you just preach God's word, and whatever mm-hmm. God has uh, led in your heart, he wants it for the people, right? So yep. uh, grateful for just hearing people's response in terms of how the word affected them. Mm-hmm. You've got to be kind of this idea of longing, right? You know, that, that point number one, that we all have seasons of uh, where God feels distance, distant yep. from us, and we should just accept that. Right, mm-hmm. uh, and that there should be this longing in us to get out of that season, so that we can have this this closer depth with the Lord. Uh, yeah. Anything else you maybe want to maybe highlight when you were kind of thinking through that point? Uh, one thing I, I wish I would have had more time to say or talked about a little bit more was um, just the fact that when we're in those seasons, one of the, the, the I think initial response should be to admit it and to go before the Lord. God, I feel this way. Would you draw near? And that'd be kind of like our earthly dealing with a season of longing and feeling distant from God. But also think, um, thinking eternally, like we should, that longing should give us all the more angst and anticipation for the day that's coming in heaven where we won't have any more longing because we'll be in the, in the fullness of God's glory in his presence. Yeah. Um, and so I wish I could have just talked more like, we long now, but allow the longing to not only lead you to go before the Lord in prayer for this current season, but just think about the season that's coming. Yeah, um, you, you touched yeah. On, you touched on that briefly towards the end. You know, there's always you always want more time in, in the preaching moment, but um, <laughs> you know, I, I think that even you know those of you who are listening, one of the things that we do when we when we put together a, a sermon, we're also putting together a service, and we want to have other texts that kind of highlight certain ideas and themes. And mm-hmm. obviously, we 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 read. Um, Romans 8, because there's that longing, right? Creation is groaning, and there's this longing for us to be in God's presence yeah. e- eternally. And I think that I talked to a brother just uh, recently he, who said that his experience of difficulty now is really just kind of creating him an, an eternal longing 
yeah. for the hope that is to come. So, um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good word, brother. Um, well, let me just kind of read the beginning of this text. It says, um, as a deer longs for a flowing stream, so I long for you, God. I thirst for God, the living God. Where can I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While I all day long, people say to me, where is your God? I remember this as I pour out my heart, how I walk with many leading the festive procession to the house of God with joyful and thankful shouts. Uh, it's, it's a great picture, right? You know, the, in this, this psalmist remembers the days when he had this close relationship, not only with God, but with God's people. Like he led this exactly. procession of, of worship to the, to the Lord. And now he's in this place of, of loneliness or darkness. How yeah. do you think that, that loneliness is maybe manifesting itself kind of broadly among believers today? Yeah. Uh, so COVID is the example I mentioned in the sermon. And the one that I think is that first comes to mind uh, because it, we went through a season last year where, and some people are still in this season. Like my grandparents are an example of it, but churches have literally stopped gathering weekly. And that's, uh, that's not ideal. That's not God's intent for his people. He tells us not to forsake the gathering of our, like we know that God wants us to be meeting, but because of, COVID being an effective sin on the world, meetings have stopped. And as a result, God's people are left with that, this common grace that we probably would have taken for granted pre-COVID. Like, oh, yeah, we go to church on Sunday. It's just something we do, something that will always be there. But now we're left. We, we All people were without it for a temporary season, and some people are still left without it. Um, and I think it just – I've had numerous conversations with folks that – I've just kind of said, man, yes, COVID and, and the financial climate of our nation is a worry, and COVID and um, people's health is a worry. But, like, the number one thing that I keep hearing from people that they're seeing as a negative effect of COVID is the fact that they can't go to church and gather with God's people. Uh, yeah, I imagine it's manifesting. Hopefully, it does if the Lord allows us to see a post COVID era. Like, <laughs> Hopefully it does lead God's people to to truly value what we get in a Sunday morning gathering once we do get to go back to them being more normal. Yeah, well, I think we definitely have, have felt that longing. You know, of course, I mean, I'm in that season with uh, the family now. I haven't been at church, the gathering in two weeks, and exactly. we feel that longing. And we feel loved by God's people. We don't feel lonely, but we feel that longing, you know. So yeah. um, so we know they're going to happen. And then you kind of kind of brought out in this next point there's reasons, right, that you know, situations and things that cause this longing. You know, you, you said the um, the flesh, our own flesh, um, uh, the fallen kind of world that we live in, right, mm-hmm. uh, and and then the the adversary, uh, the, our yeah. main our main foe, if you will, uh, the, the the devil. Uh, let me just kind of read this and maybe want to maybe add anything that you maybe want to maybe clarify or highlight from the sermon yesterday, beginning yeah. in verse five. Uh, why, my soul, are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. I am deeply distressed. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and the peaks of Hermon and, the, and from Mount Mazar. Deep calls the deep and the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your billows have swept over me. The Lord will send his faithful love by day. His song will be with me by in the night. A prayer to the God of my life. I will say to God, my rock, why have you forgotten me? Why must I go about in sorrow because of my enemy's oppression? My adversaries taunt me as if crushing my bones. 
where all day long they say to me, where is my God? Where, why my soul are you so dejected? Why are you in such turmoil? Put your hope in God, for I will still praise him, my Savior and my God. Well, you said this idea of the, our own fallen flesh is reasons why we have, how does that manifest, how does our own flesh kind of cause distance with the Lord? Yeah. Um, so in in ways of, of leading us to desire things that aren't of the Lord. Um, so God created us to find the fullness of joy in him, to be in a flourishing relationship with him, and that be where we were completely fulfilled. Like we... Pre-fall, mankind desired nothing. We had all our desires met in God. But since the fall, there's this longing for, it's ultimately a longing for the Lord that our fallen flesh sometimes misinterprets and leads us to think it's for other things. And that can look different ways for different people. Like, um, um, I think it's a good question to ask. Like, what is it that, I can't remember who said this, who was, who was original to, but... Um, when I have time for my mind to go idle, like what do I think about? Yeah. I think that's a good thing to kind of, kind of ask ourselves because what we think about most, what we think about when we're not engaged mentally, is probably what we're seeking to fill the voids um, or to fill the longing that we have. That's actually for the Lord. Um, the brother that spoke at the praise and prayer night, Deuce, uh, taught from Colossians three, and it just talks about setting your minds on things above, not on earthly things. That should be something that we seek to do at all times. But because our flesh is fallen, our flesh leads us to think about earthly things instead of thinking about things above. And that just deepens the longing because there's this longing that's there. We're trying to fill it with things that won't fill it. And it's just, we're in a kind of a, we put ourselves in a frustrating place where it's like, um, I know something's missing. I want it to be, I want the, the, the feeling of, of voidness to be filled. Um, but I can't fill it with the things that I'm trying to fill it with. I've got to run to the Lord. Yeah. And I think it's, it's important, I think, especially those who are listening, to ask yourself those questions on where am I personally responsible? Because I think that if you look at the people in the scriptures who were distanced from God, um, oftentimes they blamed God. You look at Jonah, mm-hmm. maybe a prime example. You know, he was distanced from the Lord. And look, the Lord, you did this. Um, mm-hmm. And even that's what Adam did in the garden, right? The Lord, this, this woman that you gave to me, right? There's this distance, this separation, and he, the, the blame is being passed. But we have to accept personal responsibility and, and yeah. to ask the question, what is my heart longing for? Do I long for the Lord? Am I longing for a nicer house, a better reputation? Am I longing for these other yes. things to give me happiness? And those things will give you temporal happiness. And there's no things are, are not wrong. God created all things good to be received with, with thanksgiving and, and joy. And yeah. yet they're not ultimate. You know, so when you, like, like Augustine said, if you take the... Uh, our loves and we we misorder our loves and we love things in this world more than we love god well then we're going to be distant from him um and of course that's just a go ahead brother i was just going to say i think even thinking about the fact that the psalmist uses the 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 word soul to ask himself this question like he could have said why my mind are you so dejected why my heart are you so dejected but the soulish part of man is is like a there's a level of depth there that communicates he wants the deepest part of himself to long for the Lord. And I think it's easy for us as Christians to, to kind of fix things on the surface and, and not give outward expression of having idols or things that we long for other than God. But if we put a deeper longing in, and we're not actually seeking the Lord in the way that we may appear from the external, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's, he's wanting to put the 
his at his core, he's wanting to, to be all about the Lord and longing for him. That's a great point, because I think that we minimize our sin so much, right? Mm. And we want to say it's, it's a habit. Um, but no, it's your love. It's yeah. your very soul's longing. You are longing for the things of this world more than Christ. It's not yeah. just something that you do. Um, so I think if we had a, a better understanding of what are the soul's longing, uh, what it's going after, we might understand the, the, the serious nature of our sin even more and yeah. how, how, how offensive it is, is to the Lord. Um, well, you know, uh, you do talk about this idea of, you know, maybe kind of group some of these together. We have the adversary, we have fall, right? How does this kind of work itself out in terms of things that would cause us to be distant from the Lord? Uh, meaning... I want to make sure I'm understanding your question. So you're saying how does the how does Satan and how does the world itself distance yeah, so, so we know we know you know you've made the point that you know we live in a fallen world. So just because <clears throat> because we live in a fallen world, sometimes relationships are going to be harder with horizontal brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. But it's also just going to be harder with the Lord because we mm-hmm. live in a fallen world. Uh, this this worldly system is going against our relationship with God. But then we also have an active adversary who's designed to accuse and to thwart our relationship. So any any one of those that you would want to maybe highlight or draw out more? Uh, yeah, I think they, they, they both definitely play a role. One thing that does come to mind and that I think should be kind of pointed out, I think we as Christians have the tendency to look at one of these and, and blame it for our distance for the Lord, from the Lord more than what the other. So like some people have a tendency to look inward and every sense of sinfulness is a result of their own heart. And and, and that's true. Like we do contribute our own sin. Like we are sinners and, and, and we shouldn't look outwardly and blame others for our sin. But it's also true that there is the adversary and there is this fallen world that we live in that contribute to it making it harder for us to glorify the Lord. Now I think other people have the, the tendency to almost be looking for a demon or Satan behind every tree, like yeah. folks say. And it's like, yeah, your car broke down. That might have just been the Lord allowing you to experience a trial for sanctification. It may not be Satan in your engine that's causing your car to act. <laughs> so, um, and then there's the other one of like the world. Like you have some people that look around and say, man, everything in this world is is is, is tainted by sin. I can't wait to get to heaven. And they're so focused on that that they forfeit themselves the opportunity of ministering and use, being used by the Lord in their earthly season. So I think we do have to have a balance in this. Like, know that all these things contribute to it, it being a, a difficult thing for us to glorify the Lord in fullness. And they all contribute to seasons of distance from God. But I think it, we should ask the Lord for discernment to know, okay, I'm distant from the Lord right now. Is this more me? Is this because of the circumstances I'm in? Is this truly an attack of the enemy? Um, and and in designer those things, respond to them in the way that we're supposed to because they they require different responses. Yeah, I had I just had this thought, and I'm not sure if it's it's a good one or not. So help me out here. <laughs> um, I, I know that we we never want to be satisfied ultimately with our relationship with the Lord. We always want to mm-hmm. go deeper and have that relationship with the Lord even mm-hmm. even, even, even stronger. I think this is the point the point of this passage, right? I long, I thirst for God. I want to be in His presence. Yeah. Um, and yet, because of our fallen nature, because of the fallen world, because of the adversary, what's a realistic expectation, right? Do you think that some people feel like they're farther from God because their expectation is too high? Is there something about just maybe a mis, 
you know, inappropriate expectations in terms of what we actually could expect from our relationship with God in this fallen world, in our circumstances, with our adversary? That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't have the answer to it, but I think it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's a but, good thing to but, think But, you know, because, you, know, you know, I obviously... You know, so obviously when, when, when I do a marriage counseling, right, one of the things I try to do is just say, hey, listen, marriage is hard, 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 right? You're going to be confronted with your sin, and it's glorious, it's wonderful, it's going to be a wonderful thing, but it's hard. You kind of want to unpack the expectations at the, at the front end, right? A, my, I expect my expectations to be great. You know, it's kind of like the, the, the camp experience. You know, a lot of people yeah. really struggle with the Lord because they have this camp experience. They're on the mountaintop, and then they actually live in the valley. and. Yeah. Well, where's where's God in the valley? Well, God's always there, but maybe it's just maybe it's just a misunderstanding of what our relationship should actually look like in a fallen world. I don't know. Just just a thought. No, that's a good point. And it, and it, the reason we don't want to do that is because if we try to create the idealistic flourishing in the Lord here on earth, then we almost undermine the heavenly reality that we're anticipating. So it's like we want to we want to. Be content with the fact that there will be this longing and this sense of unfulfilled yearning for the Lord in this season. But the contentment doesn't look like, okay, I'm just going to sit and I'm not going to pursue him at all. It looks more like I'm going to pursue him and I'm going to get as close as I can, knowing that I won't reach the point of, of, of full flourishing in him until I get to heaven. Um, and that allows us to both anticipate future glory while capitalizing on the means of grace that God has given us in this lifetime to be growing closer to him. Yeah, that, that already but not yet view of the kingdom mm-hmm. that you kind of talked about. Um, it's a wonderful uh, concept, right? The, um, you know, realizing eschatology. Listen, we have that re- re- realization that we belong to God, yet life in a fallen world is not fully realized yet. So that does create a longing in us. Um, I love how you just kind of ended this, that, you know, you talked about these difficult trials and the circumstances, and then there was that hopeful end the Lord will deliver you from them, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and we all we know that ultimately He does that uh, in His Son, uh, the Lord Christ. Um, yeah, you know we are so grateful, mm. grateful for that. Um, you know, it's crazy, bro. We get to read this psalm and know how the deliverance comes. Mm. When the sons of Korah wrote this, they di- they didn't know exactly what that looked like. They knew they trusted God because He was a deliverer, but there was no revealed Christ yet. They didn't know who the Messiah was, and so we like. We have a uh, even less of an excuse to yeah. to be without hope. <laughs> like, yeah. Hey Amen. I, I, that verse in First Peter when it says that the prophets searched and inquired who was going to be mm-hmm. the Son of God, then it says we have this salvation that angels long to look into. Yeah. And you know, I just I love that how it ends. Very simply, put your hope in God, for I will still praise Him, my Savior and my God. It kind of mm-hmm. reminds me a little bit of that the ending of of Habakkuk. Um, are you familiar with that one? Uh, familiar with Habakkuk. I'm not familiar with the specific ending, though. Oh my goodness! But this is this is this is this is what I thought when he when he kind of read, reads there. You know, he says that um, uh, though the fig tree does not bud, there is no fruit in the vines. Though the olive crop fails, the field produces no food. Though the flocks disappear from the pen, there are no herds in the stall. So basically, when all is not yeah. yet, I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of the deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. That's uh, good. You know, I love that, that, that picture of a deer longing and running after that, that, that golden stream. And I pray that 
all of us would be running and longing after that 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 precious flowing stream uh, of Christ. So, Amen. Well, any any last thoughts, brother, as we close out? Uh, none that come to mind. Just yeah, like I was saying, I'm, I'm I was encouraged by the feedback and um, knowing that this is a topic that isn't talked about a whole lot in the church. Um, I pray that it bears lasting fruit. Like I think we as God's people rightly so are very much so focused on pursuing depth in relationship with the Lord. But it's good to sometimes pause and just, just say to ourselves, this pursuit is one that we will long in because we're awaiting heaven. Like, and, and it's okay again, to not be okay. Kind of like Grant said in his benediction, it's okay to long. Just make sure that your longing is for the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, I, I, I'm grateful for many things from, you know, Sunday sermon. I've got numerous uh, texts and emails and just said, Pastor, uh, how sweet is it that when you're out, that God's word is still brought with power, right? Mm. You know, what, what, a, what a beautiful thing that God, how kind God has been to our church to, to raise up godly men uh, from our midst to be able to handle the word of God so well. So uh, thank you for your dedication, brother, and just to bring the word. Let me just offer a word of prayer uh, for those who are listening. Uh, Father, we do pray that you would help us um, long and thirst for the Lord. And whatever season we're in, Lord, we pray you give us discernment on why that 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 separation from you is there. Uh, and then we pray, God, that we would not have that distance, but we would run as much as we can towards you. And we would long and thirst uh, as, as we know that we are born-again believers and we have experienced eternal life here and we will experience even more fully in the days that are to come. And yet, God, we pray, we pray, we pray, oh God, uh, that you would give us an eternal longing uh, to be in your glorious presence. Or one day, one day we will see you face to face. Uh, and we are so long looking forward to that day. So, Father, uh, create in us a heart that longs for you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.